This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1 800 889 9789. Hello and welcome to In the Pen, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, a podcast about relievers. My name is Jake Crumpler, and as always, I'm joined by Rick Graham. Unfortunately, we're without Kalanel Slugger, our usual host, but that's all right. We'll be able to survive without him, even though he is an integral part of this podcast. But Rick, how's it going? How's your week going? Uh, how are you feeling about the stretch run here as we uh, enter September? Yeah, um, going well. It's you know, yeah, the getting starting to you know look into some playoff matchups and stuff for that with you know my head-to-head leagues and fantasy. It's kind of that time of year now that we get into late August. So yeah, it's really the stretch run, kind of trying to plan things out for you know playoffs or just the the last month of the year if you're in a roto league and just trying to figure out what stats mm-hmm. you need to to make up some ground in how are you doing in the industry leagues like tgfbi and uh <laughs> i don't know if you're in earth or whatever I, you're you're in tout aren't you yeah tout's been a little bit you know uh, started off pretty one. well yeah especially nl only kind of the first time with that uh started off well had a little bit of a injury bug and Kind of in mm-hmm. the middle of the pack now, trying to catch up. My pitching started off fine, has not have been struggling in that department as well as finding uh, some infielders too. That's that's kind of a thing I've noticed for next. Hopefully, if I'm invited back next year, that like mm-hmm. infield infield depth in those is pretty pretty important. So, um, but yeah, it's it's been a fun experience. It's TGFBI, same thing. I start. I was in like fiftieth overall like a couple oh, of weeks wow. ago, and then just I don't know my bats got really cold and pitching also got some injuries. So I'm now in like the 100 somewhere, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to climb back into that top 100. That would be, you know, I'm, I would be happy with that this year. Yeah. Last year was my first year doing 15 team leagues and my first year doing anything on NFBC. So there was like a big learning curve. I had never done fab or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, at, at that point, I was just trying to like finish top 10 in my league in TGFBI. This year, I'm like 90th overall last night. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. And then I'm like top three in barf right now. So there's a shot I win that one. I'm like top 25 overall. I think there's like 150 people or so in yeah. Earth. But yeah, I'm going a lot, going much better <laughs> this year. Um, can't say the same about my home league where my little brother is going to beat me. Oh, no. Um, 
yeah, disappointing. But, you know, I had a three-year run where I was the champion every year. So can't really uh, complain about having a couple down years. But uh, today we'll be talking about NL closing storylines. We did the AL last week. So if you missed that, go check out those. We'll basically be covering every single team in the National League and sort of asking uh, an overarching question that sort of defines the bullpen and answering that in a way that helps us decide what the bullpen is going to look like through the second half or, or answering these these pressing questions. And as always, we'll go through the transactions and injuries from around the league and do our usual three up, three down uh, segment. But we'll start off as always with the transactions and injuries. We didn't have any, any notable injuries, which is great. That's always great. So we'll just go straight to the transactions and it's mostly holds guys. So we'll go quickly on most of them, but there's a couple of them that are somewhat notable. And I think the first one is James Karinchak as he was finally recalled from the minors by the guardians. Is this a guy that it enters highly on your hold rankings, given that there's not too much competition there in the Guardians bullpen in terms of holds. And Karen Chak has been one of the top holds slash just relief pitchers in baseball over the past couple of years. Um. Yeah, I, I, I guess it does. It's just weird. This is a weird timing. This When you got sent down, it was weird. Now that him getting called up now is kind of weird with yeah. the Guardians falling out of the, the playoff picture there. Um. He wasn't exactly pitching great in, in AAA either. He, you know, walks are still, he's obviously striking out a ton of guys, but walks are still an issue. So if mm-hmm. that's, you know, what they were hoping to get ironed out when he went down there, it doesn't look like that got fixed. Um, but yeah, he, he, I mean, Trevor Stefan's been, been pitching really good. I, I don't know anyone behind him that uh, really, I mean, Eli Morgan, but he doesn't get a ton of holds anyway. So, yeah, I, I could see him factoring into some holds down the stretch, but it's not, you know, obviously the strikeout upside is intriguing, but the whole package itself isn't very, not not something I'm dropping, you know, dropping stuff, dropping like impact pitchers for to, to go get. Mm-hmm. He's not the James Karachak of two years ago. Stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, it's the sticky yeah. stuff. That, that made him. But I mean, even still, he's never had a stop at any level throughout his career, the minors or the majors, where he had a strikeout rate lower than 30%. He's never had one no. lower than 31%. Actually, yes, he did. His first stop. 30% is the is the benchmark there. But I mean, in the minors, 5.12 ERA, 19 innings, but that came with a 3.60 XFIP. And then he also struck out 42% of batters. But like you said, Big walk right there. So, so I mean, that that's basically the definition of James Karinchak. Wasn't he leading the majors in holds before he got sent down? He was up there. I don't, yeah. He I mean, 12, he was 12 and he hasn't pitched in months. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it was weird when he went down. It, yeah. He didn't, he went down in, let's see. Yeah. Early June. So, yeah. I mean, he, he could have been up there for the lead or, or close to it. So, yeah. Mm hmm. I know so far he's come back, you know, he's come back and he's already got, he's got two walks, two strikeouts. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be a whip nightmare, but there's going to be strikeouts and there could be holds. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just if deeper leagues, sure. But, you know, I'm probably staying away in most uh, standard leagues. Sure. Another guy that's a, a big strikeout arm that used to struggle with walks is Jose Alvarado, and he was activated from the 15-day IL. He missed quite a while with left elbow inflammation, and there's a spider on my wall that luckily it's oh. a small one, so I'm oh, not no. too scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do get some really big ones out here sometimes, and I, they get... You West uh, Coasters. Uh. 
<laughs> we get some big spiders. Um, th- I think this one's going to be okay. But anyway, mm. Jose Alvarado is back for the Phillies. And I mean, Craig Kimbrell is entrenched in that closer role, but I don't think Gregory Soto or Sir Anthony Dominguez or Jeff Hoffman have really done anything to prevent Alvarado from being the top setup option. Is Alvarado somebody that should be rostered in all holds leagues? I know he was a guy that we were rostering and even saves only leagues based on how he was pitching in the beginning of the season. But where, where does he stand for you now? Yeah, I think I'm going to, I would want to have him rostered in all holds leagues, at least for now, see how things play out. Just with, the upside he like he showed in the first month of the the season I think makes him worth a ch- worth mm-hmm. a look because that's you're not getting that from anyone else pretty much in the league so um it's interesting he came back he threw 27 pitches on Tuesday the velocity was down a little bit so not mm-hmm. not great but it's first first time back but he he was throwing his cutter a lot more um in that one maybe maybe he's gonna start he, he used to be you know. Cutter would kind of mix in. He'd throw that sinker more often, that power 100 mile per hour sinker. But maybe he's gonna, mm-hmm. you know, throw that cutter a little bit more. Kind of change his his approach a little bit. Maybe that will work if because he's. I mean, he's been battling with an, with an elbow injury kind of all year. It doesn't seem like he's he's probably pitched still pitching through it a little bit. So I don't, I don't think we're gonna. So I don't think to expect you know 100 mile per hour Jose Alvarado again, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still just, you know, I want to see how things play out with him because the stuff is, is nasty. And even if he does lose a mile per hour or two, it's, it's, there's still, there's still a significant upside there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like, even since he got back to walking guys, I I don't think it's been too, actually, yes, it has. No, that was a lot. I was going to (laughs) say, I I don't think the the walks have gotten out of hand because, uh, if, if the listeners remember, he started off the year, not walking anybody through his first, let's see. I think it was, it was his first 14 and a third innings and he had uh, 24 strikeouts. Then he hit the IL. He came back and in his second appearance or his first appearance, he walked his first batter of the year. And since then, he's been a seven walks per nine guy. Uh, not ideal. Uh, <laughs> I think that's uh, percentage wise, that's 17%. So yeah, uh, he has reverted to being the Jose Alvarado. He was before yeah. last year when he finally got his walk rate back in, in, in control, but I don't know. I, I, that's, that's a little bit concerning, but he still does have a 1.33 ERA on the season. And, uh, he's been striking out guys like crazy, which is something he didn't do before last year either. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it, it was when he first came back off the first aisles, then it was kind of like, okay, what do we have to reevaluate here? Obviously what he did in the first month was, you know, a little bit fluky. That was just, crazy mm-hmm. dominance that you know 24 yeah. to 0 strikeout ratio but i think now I, I think he's better than what he showed in his last stint i think uh we're just gonna have to wait and see kind of how how he reacts to possibly you know having to ch- change his approach a little bit and um mm-hmm. you know the, the walks might be there but even when he was walking guys last year he was still he was still awesome i mean he it's as yeah. long as that walk rate doesn't get like if he can get that down to around 10% or lo- like around 10%, he's, he'll be fine. It's just, you know, nothing. Don't have those crazy high walk rates he used to have with like the Rays back in the day. And yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah. Well, the other activations we had from the IL and a couple optioning to the minors, uh, mostly for holds guys. We've got Trevor Richards, who was activated from the 15 day IL after dealing with neck inflammation. 
Taylor Clark was activated from the IL after dealing with right elbow inflammation, and Mason Thompson was activated from the IL after dealing with a left knee contusion. And then we saw Dory Moretta option to the minors and Jay Jackson option to the minors in a corresponding move to the Trevor Richards activation. Um, these guys are definitely going to factor into holds. How much is up in the air? And I think the optionings of Moretta and Jackson are somewhat surprising given how good Moretta was in the first half and given how good Jackson has been recently. Which one surprised you the most in terms of the optionings and which guy activated from the IL do you think is going to be the most impactful in terms of holds? Uh, I feel like Moretta is probably the, the, the most surprising just because the Pirates, I mean, the Pirates bullpen has some interesting names, but I still feel like he was probably still the second best setup option that they had, at least when he was healthy mm-hmm. and, and right. I, I don't think they just lost on hell Perdoma too, I believe. So mm-hmm. um, they, uh, the, yeah, they could have used someone like him with, with Jackson. It's like, yeah, I, I kind of get it. That bullpen is when healthy, that bullpen doesn't really have room for, for him or like a lot of, I mean, they, they, they can be pretty deep there with when, when, when right. So, um, yeah, I'm sure Jackson will be back up at some point, but yeah, I understand that. And I, I you know, for holds, I think, oh man, it's, you know, Thompson's kind of interesting. And at one point I felt like he was going to have a chance to be a, a setup man there, but now with Harvey back and, um, Weems has been pitching well as well for them. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if there's much room there. So, I, I mean, Trevor Richards, I think just if you're if you're talking about a holds league, I would still go with Trevor Richards just because even though he wasn't getting a ton of holds and he probably won't get a ton of holds, he, he does give you, you know, good ratios, good strikeout numbers. He's kind of that like, you know, Chad Green, Colin McHugh yeah. guy who can go a couple innings and not just and not destroy ratios mm-hmm. and pick up strikeouts and just, you know, stabilize ratios for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the strikeouts are new this year. He jumped over yeah. 11% in the strikeout department from his career coming into this year uh, compared to his rate this year. He's up to 36%, which is definitely elite. It comes with a 26% strikeout minus walk percentage as well. So he's been really good this year. And I think he's been very underrated. Like you said, has the ability to go multiple innings. And while he won't be the top holds option and likely is more of like an ancillary guy, I think he's just going to pitch really well and, and, I th- he's more of a deeper league ad, but uh, he, I yeah. think he's a uh, pretty, pretty good. But now we can move on to the three up three down section where we go over Rick's closer rankings, nicknamed closing time. And as always, we'll look at three closers rising his rankings and a few closers falling down his rankings. We'll start with the risers. Rick, who is somebody that's rising up your rankings recently? Uh, yeah, we'll go with <laughs> It's funny. I just wrote these before uh, some notes before the show, but they've already changed within the last three minutes. So, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, well, I'll we'll talk. It has more to do with the next guy, but Adbert Alzale. Uh, Alzale keeps kind of going up the list. He just he just a second ago picked up another save tonight. Wow! Um, so that's thirteen since the All Star break for him. That leads all all of baseball, and he he's loud. You know, his ERA is over four for the month. He's allowed a couple runs here and there, but he hasn't blown any saves, I believe. So it's, you know, that's that's the number one job is a closer. You you just you want to hold on to the hang on to the lead, and he hasn't blown any saves or leads yet. So, you know, the runs are 
unfortunate, I guess, from a fantasy perspective, but he, he's still getting the job done, you know, for the Cubs on the mound and they fully have, he, he fully has that team's trust. You know, it was still a month ago. We were talking about lighter versus Alzelay kind of, and mm-hmm. you know, was there any competition there, but it's, it's definitely not even a call at this. It's not even close at this point. It's, it's Alzelay's job. Yeah, I mean that that was a conversation for so long. I think he had yeah. like four saves through the beginning of July, and then from July fifth on, he's had fifteen saves. And you just said he got number sixteen there. Um, he's mm-hmm. up to nine, twenty on the season now, which is pretty wild considering where things stood at the beginning of the season. But yeah, Alzali has been great all year long. The strikeout numbers aren't overwhelming, but I don't think it really matters. And the Cubs just continue to be a really hot team, giving him plenty of opportunities to nab saves. And uh, yeah, he's been really trustworthy all season and uh, i think a, a great mid-season pickup or early season pickup for fantasy managers that took that path um another guy rising up the rankings i think has got to be kyle finnegan we were in awe about how good he's been this season in general i mean the storyline for most of the first two months of the season was when are they going to get rid of him <laughs> when are when is hunter harvey going to take over this role but i think I mean, I've said these stats a long time. Uh, His first three outings, he allowed eight runs, seven earned. And I think that dragged his stats down because that just made his numbers overall look bad. And since then he's had a 1.70 ERA and that doesn't, that doesn't account for the run he allowed today in an inning and a third, but that outing, he did record another save and for a, are the Nationals still in the last place or is it the Mets? I think it's It's the Nationals. Yeah. (laughs) But it's close, surprisingly. Um, He has 23 saves on a last place team, and he's been pitching really well. And it's sort of confusing how he's doing that because (laughs) his underlying metrics aren't good. He's got a 3.75 XFIP and a 4.42 XERA. This is not after, this doesn't include uh, Thursday's game, but. That's definitely a massive difference from his current 2.77 ERA. Um, he's not a big strikeout guy. He's like uh, below 25%. And I think this mostly means this is not a guy I'm going to be trusting next year. Even if he does start uh-huh. the year as the closer, I'm probably going to stay away. But I mean, for the rest of the year, I feel like you just sort of have to trust it because as long as we thought he was uh somebody that should be losing the closer role, he's done the opposite and made us feel confident that he should maintain that closer role. Um, yeah, I, I think Kyle Finnegan's a, a, a very trustworthy guy at this point, which is somewhat weird to say, but I mean, he, he's sort of proved us wrong in every aspect. Yeah, he's kind of like the the golden Toby. Uh, he's he's the, mm-hmm. the, you know, you just kind of just ride with it and Till this year's over, at least, or, or until he struggles later this year, potentially. But yeah, next year, you're right. I'm probably not in on, on him next year. Uh, the Mets and Nationals both have the same exact record right now. They're wow. both tied for last place. All right. Uh, so the Nationals still are in last place. <laughs> yes, technically. Um, yes. But yeah, it was so Finnegan was leading all. He was on top of the leaderboard for August for saves with eight, but Alzale just tied it up. So it's now Alzale and Finnegan tied for okay. eight saves in August to lead all of baseball. But still those two guys leading all of baseball in August for saves. That's thinking about that at the beginning of the year. That's um, kind of kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Watch out Felix Bautista. We got a new number one closer coming in. Um, but yeah, we got one more guy rising up your rankings. And who is that? 
Um, so he hasn't exactly moved up yet, but um, I do like what Jojo Romero's doing in St. Louis. I, you know, Ryan Housley is still. It, it's I don't know. It's kind of a surprise he's not. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on with him or what we're gonna see from him to the remaining or the, the remain remainder of the year. Um, so Romero might be. I think he's still only like six percent owned in Yahoo leagues or something crazy low. I he he's gotten the last two saves for the Cardinals. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure even outside of the saves, he he's been pitching in those you know ninth inning those closer type situations over Giovanni Gallegos. Um, he's I think clearly the the number one option there for saves, and mm-hmm. he's just been. I mean, over the last thirty days, he has a thirty two point one percent K to walk rate. Uh, doesn't walk anyone, strikes out a ton of guys, and then a 1.63 xFIP over the last 30 days as well. He, he's he's really, really like turned into. I mean, it's a good find by them. I know he, they they got him from Philadelphia. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, but he's mm-hmm. really excelling in, in in that Cardinals bullpen right now. Yeah, I, I, I've been streaming him a little bit in my home league, a league that limits starts, so relievers are super valuable, and I think I'm going to have to stop streaming him and just hold on to him, because yeah. <laughs> I think if he gets another save, I think people are going to start catching on that he's the preferred guy, but I think there's still the possibility that it's just a platoon situation, because, I, I don't know, I know they really like using Gallegos as the high leverage guy, but given that there is a le- clearly a lefty and a righty, uh, it gives you the opportunity to do that platoon role. But I, I think Romero has definitely been a the, lot better than Gallegos this year. The thing is with, with Romero, and I, I get that, but his, his changeup is so good and it, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's kind of his best off speed pitch. So he does, well, I mean, his slider is really good too. His, his changeup and slider are really good. And that's why you could really use him against righties or lefties. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, he's, he's matchup, you know, um, it's the word he's, he, he doesn't matter the matchup he's, you know, he can, he can go out and get, get the job done. So I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, as long as they keep roll, roll, like trusting him against righties, then, you know, that allows them to keep Gallegos in that high leverage role. Cause it does seem for whatever reason, whenever Gallegos gets into closing situations, it's, it doesn't, the outcome's usually not as, not as good as when, you know, he's pitching earlier in the game. So, um, I don't know. I guess it really for for Romero. It still comes down to Helsley and what happens when he returns. If he returns, mm-hmm. you know, he he had another MRI again. Uh, it's at this point, you know, if you're the Cardinals, what's that's kind of the point of bringing him back and, and yeah. risking any more damage. You know, make sure that thing's clean and his elbow's ready to go for next year. For sure. And as guys rise up the ranks, others fall down the ranks. And we got a a few guys here. I think uh, this is a hard part of the year, especially because we still don't really have guys losing their closer roles. Hmm. Um, But I I think there are some clear ones. I think David Robertson on the Marlins is a pretty clear one. He has basically not not been great since coming to the the Marlins which is somewhat unfortunate they gave up a lot to get him a couple young guys but I think uh they'll quickly be on top prospect lists but he started off really cold seemed to figure things out and then struggled again he's got a seven ERA and nine innings thus far for the Marlins he's got four saves thus far for the team but you know when it comes with an ERA like that it's not great and uh, we'll talk about the Marlins more when we get to the closing storylines but I mean, what's your take on David Robertson right now? Yeah, it's um, it's got to be tough for the Marlins. I mean, he he's been he hasn't been great. Like that's not sure about it, but 
they did pay a lot to get him, and he is the veteran there. But it's it's going to be hard to to not use Scott. Not just Tanner Scott. AJ Puck's been pitching really well this month too. He mm-hmm. seems to have gotten over that string of bad luck um, from July. So, you know, between those two guys, preferably, I think Scott deserves a chance. He's been so good this year. It's it's you know he, it's funny because he's always I feel like every year he's been on a team on a roster where he had a chance to get saves and he just hasn't you know he's had a trouble with walks or command or whatever and you know now he's kind of figured it out and he hasn't gotten a chance to close out games so I think Scott's due and I you know even I don't even think Robertson's the best righty on this bullpen anymore I think George Soriano's maybe the best righty in this bullpen he's been pitching really well and hasn't had he has it doesn't even have a holds cha- a hold. I don't think he has a hold, save, or win yet. So looks like he's got one save. He's got one save. Sorry, on okay. So yeah, I, it's you know it would be nice to see him kind of get some more more innings, and I, I I'm sure they're going to stick with Robertson, but it's uh it's definitely concerning, especially I think let's see have a f- six to five strikeout to walk rate since coming over. I mean that's it's not great. No, it is definitely not. Um, who else is, is falling down your ranks this week? I know you got a, a couple other guys on the list. Yeah, so I think, I mean, Andres Munoz has been, he's pitched well this year. He's been okay since he returned. Nothing, it's not anything concerning. He has a 25.9% K rate, 14.6% swing strike rate since the All-Star break, which is good for a lot of pitchers, but for Andres Munoz, it's like something's, something's wrong because... He's usually a 40% K rate guy, yeah. you know, 20% swinging strike guy. Um, so he hasn't been quite the same. Um, and Matt Brash seems to start, he seems to be figuring into some save chances. I think Gabe Spear even got a chance the other night. So uh, this could turn into a committee, unfortunately. So I, I think Brash needs to be rostered in pretty much all standard leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Um even if he doesn't get a ton of saves, we, we know that he's just a strikeout machine. And um, with the way, the way the Mariners are playing right now, it's best to roster both of them because they're, you know, racking up saves either way. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a little concerning with what Munoz has been able to do or the lack of, you know, swing and miss stuff. So, um. Yeah, I, I, it's it's not the same guy we saw last year, so I, I think he he no. moves down the list this week. Yeah, and it is it is weird given that that's like his whole thing, and Matt Brash does have a pretty significant uh, edge on him in the strikeout department. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, roster resource already has it as a clo- co closer situation with uh, Munoz and Brash sharing mm-hmm. that role. So. It, it, we might already be seeing uh, the committee forming, but that's definitely something that I think the Mariners would be willing to do, especially given that they got rid of Paul Seawald and you know they got a lot of really good relievers. But they've been really good recently, so they've been uh, having a lot of save opportunities. Uh, staying in the division, Will Smith has been struggling pretty mightily recently. Nothing too crazy, no like big blowups, but I he hasn't had a clean outing for a while. Um, he did tonight tonight wasn't great no <laughs> uh, oh tonight he was not good okay because prior to that prior to that his last yeah. five and a third innings he had given up 11 runs nine earned that's a 15 era and uh it looks like everything is starting to come crashing down when it looked like he was finally uh being solid his era is now over four his strikeout rate is 
just above 25%. And if he struggled again today, then uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It might be a time for a changing of the guard. And they do have Chapman there, but Chapman also is getting into his usual postseason form <laughs> and uh, <laughs> giving up home runs as well. He gave up mm-hmm. a home run in his last appearance. Um, who do you think runs away with this role. I mean, at, at this point you sort of just have to go with a co-closer thing, but you got two lefties and I don't think there's anybody else in that bullpen while Jose Leclerc has been solid. And we like what Josh Spores does. I, I feel like it's definitely between Chapman or Smith, but neither of them are really instilling confidence right now. Yeah. So Josh Spores had another bad outing tonight uh, as well. He's been struggling lately. Will Smith gave up the game winning home run to Ryan Jeffers tonight. Um, so yeah, I think Chapman's probably going to get the next save chance if I were to guess. You're right. Jose Leclerc has been pitching well, but I, I still don't know how much I trust that. I don't know. Something, Mm -hmm. the underlying metrics still don't like scream that like, oh, he's back to, you know, being the guy he used to be. So I'm not terribly, I don't, I don't think there's really any concern for him to take over this role. I I think it's going to be still, still Chapman. Smith and I think they're just going to hope that you know one of them turns things around. I mean, Chapman's been fairly good. I, I think they're still, but I don't know. It's it's a tough situation because you know both guys are pitching well heading into this month, and it's been a little bit of a rocky rocky month for everyone involved in that bullpen. So, um, if I had a roster one, I'd still go with Chapman. I think mm-hmm. you know just there's more upside there. There's you know a Smith's. You know, Smith has Smith's really not giving you much in the strikeout department, and if he's allowing, you know, the types of runs and hits that he's been lately, then he's really no use uh, in fantasy leagues. So, yeah, I, I think Chap, I think Smith. I don't know if he's unrosterable right now, but he's starting to get to the point where you know he's fallen behind. Maybe you know other guys in the bottom tier like Carlos Estevez and yeah exactly that's what those. yeah surprised you didn't have him on there because I mean he continues <laughs> to struggle I, I feel I like Ronaldo Lopez is somebody that you gotta pick up or, or mm-hmm. even Matt Moore I, I think those guys uh, probably are gonna start taking over that role in LA but I, I think one last closer that has been struggling but I don't think is at risk of losing his job mostly because of the competition in that bullpen is Camilo Duvall I think there's something mechanical going on because he was fine mm-hmm. up until August 22nd. I Maybe he was celebrating my birthday a little bit too <laughs> hard, um, but he gave up two runs and didn't strike anybody out in that game. Then the next outing gave up three runs and a home run and didn't strike anybody out. And the, the outing before those two, he had struck out three batters. So I, I mm-hmm. think there's something mechanical going on. Maybe he's being overworked. I know this is probably one of his highest workloads. He's at 55 innings. He was at 67 last year. He's still only 25. He throws really hard. Yeah. So maybe it's just uh, the season's finally catching up to him. But are you concerned about him? Is this somebody that you think can bounce back? Or do you think the Giants sort of let, let go easy on him for the final month? I'm not too concerned yet. Uh, it's going to come down. Let's see what happens this weekend. Let's see. I, I mean, Taylor Rogers has been pitching pretty well for the most mm-hmm. part. He's got closer experience. So there's an option there. As I mean, Luke Jackson, too. They, they do have some closing, closer experience there. I I still think Duvall is the guy as long as he's healthy. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is a health thing or, like you said, 
I mean, the walks have gone up. Uh, no strikeouts over these past two outings. Just you know, three walks, three hits, and mm-hmm. five earned runs. It's uh, weird. It's yeah. Hopefully, it's just a blip. Maybe the Phillies have you know have some sort of it's edge on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's see what he does this weekend, and hopefully, or, or if he doesn't pitch this weekend next week. So you know, give give him some time because he you know, up until those last two games, he was he was you know dominant all year. Yeah. Well, those are the uh, closers, Rising and Fallen, and Rick's Ranks to recap. Adbear Azalai, Cal Finnegan, and Jojo Romero are climbing the ranks, while Andres Munoz, David Robertson, Will Smith, and Camilo Duvall are falling down the ranks. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll climb in and look into the closing storylines for the National League here on In the Pen. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. And we're back. Jake Crumpler here with Rick Graham talking about closing storylines in the bullpens in the national leagues. We'll start it off with the national league East. Uh, like I said, at the top of the podcast, we're just going through every team. We've got a question for each of them and we'll sort of answer that and uh, discuss, you know, the main storyline for each bullpen going into the season's final month. Uh, we'll start with the Braves. We'll go uh, by division and in terms of standings. Uh, so the Braves get to go first as they're the best team in baseball. And with the Braves winning so many games, can Rysel Iglesias be the number one closer the rest of the way? He was sort of in consideration, I think, a couple of years ago when he was absolutely killing it for the Angels. He got a slow start to the year because of an injury. Um and wasn't like his same elite self, but I think he's been really good recently and the Braves just don't slow down ever. So I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Is this a guy that while he probably won't be number one in your ranks because of his stuff, um, does he have the ability to be like, when you go look at the fantasy Raider, Uh can he be the number one guy in fantasy for this, for the rest of the way? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I I think (laughs) maybe the biggest concern is just the Braves, offense being so electric that like there's not going to be a ton of save opportunities when they do get wins because they're going to score so many runs but um yeah i I mean he's been pitching really well since the break he Mm -hmm. you know he had a little bit of a you know when he first came back off the il it was a little bit of a concern um but he's definitely right of the ship there and I have total confidence in him you know he could definitely be higher on the list i i think it's just that that top the top 10 or 12 guys it's really hard to 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 enter, like to yeah. choose who goes where they're they're all sure. been pitching well this year for the most part so um 
top closer, yeah, I could definitely see it. I, I, I think, though, the one thing is the Braves do have a pretty comfortable lead. Do they, you know, kind of pump the brakes with him in September? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason to kind of, there's no reason to overwork him. So that might be yeah. another thing that holds him back. Yeah, and he's been really good recently. His past 13 innings, he's gone scoreless with 19 strikeouts to just three walks um, and nine saves during that time. So uh, he's definitely been elite recently. And as long as uh, the Braves don't slow him down, he does have the opportunity to be the number one closer the rest of the way. Going to the Phillies, uh, we sort of talked about this last week when we talked about Kenley Jansen for the Red Sox, but how high will Craig Kimbrell finish on the all-time saves leaderboard? He is currently one spot behind Kenley Jansen. He's got 413 saves. He's eighth all-time. The guys ahead of him, Kenley at 420. Nice. Billy Wagner at 422. John Franco at 424. And K-Rod Francisco Rodriguez at 437. Where do you think Kimbrell ends up? I think he ends up right behind Jansen on that list above those guys you just mentioned. Probably what third and fourth would it be overall? Yeah. Because I, Hoffman. That would, and, he would need like 24 more saves to pass K-Rod. That's, that's it. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, if he that's one more, it, it seems like he still has one, one more good season, at least. I don't out mean of all him. time. I mean, this season, Rick. No, I. Where, <laughs> where does he end up? Oh, this <laughs> season. Oh, saves in September. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This season, um, he probably gets seven more. So, so he wouldn't up? pass anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. You know, I think he he has he's pitched great into up until the All Star break. He's been fine since the All Star break, but he hasn't mm-hmm. been. You know, not he was really dominant going into the All Star break, and he's been fine since then. You mm-hmm. know, strikeout rates kind of come down a little bit. Um. No, no real concerns, but um, Alvarado's back now, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe if Kimbrel does start running out of gas, he, he might not even, you know, pick up seven more saves. So I, I think seven's a pretty safe bet. I, I don't know if I would guess any more than that. Cool. So then he'll stay at number eight. I think Kenley Jansen is going to jump a couple of guys. So I think there'll be some separation there for at least a year. If, if he actually, doesn't land on the IL. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And on the same note, Aralish Chapman is at 318. He's tied for 2030. He's just seven saves away from being number 20 all time. So that'll be something interesting to watch as well uh, in line with him possibly taking over that closer role I- in Texas. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say I get I forgot, but earlier I mean we could have mentioned earlier about Kenley Jansen leaving last night with a hamstring injury. Oh no! But um, yeah, it's se- it seems like he's gonna be okay and just day to day right now. So they're they're gonna make a decision tomorrow on the the IL stint, but it sounds like he's not gonna need one. Okay, few. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and we'll move on to the Marlins. And the uh, question here is, will Tanner Scott ever get the chance to close? He's been dominant all season long, 35% strikeout rate, 2.64 ERA. Uh, he's got just, just two saves on the year. And while AJ Puck with his 4.32 ERA has 15 and David Robertson with his seven ERA since joining the Marlins has 18. Will he ever get a chance to save if David Robertson continues to struggle and uh, maybe they realize that Scott is better than puck and they finally let him save, or is it just going to be, they like him as the high leverage guy. Yeah. I mean, he should, he should get a chance and I don't know if they, if they will, but yeah, the way even, you know, that's why I was, I was not sure that they would go out and definitely get a closer, right? Like right hand. I knew they were going to get a right-handed reliever, right? We, we all mm-hmm. kind of knew they needed to add a right-handed reliever, but 
they have three, even four, if you want to count Stephen Okart, four really, really good lefties in their bullpen. So like one of them can close and then you, you don't feel like you, you know, you don't have lefties for earlier in the game. So I thought, you know, Parker Scott still, still should be, should be closing out games right now. Uh, one of those two. Robertson, maybe give him, you know, give him a break for the time being, at least give him, you know, give him a couple games and low leverage situations to, to get back to where he was with the Mets. He was really good with the Mets this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would make sense. Cause this is a team, you know, fighting for their, their playoff lives. They don't really they can't waste games in, in the yeah. ninth inning. So. If Scott's your best option, he should be closing out games now. I don't know if they'll do that, but I think it should be Scott. Yeah, totally agree. And then to round out the NL East, we sort of discussed this, but uh, the question here is, will Hunter Harvey factor into saves again this year? And I'm leaning no because of how good Kyle Finnegan has Mm -hmm. been, but there is that possibility that maybe he does start playing more towards his underlying metrics, which means playing not well. Um, we've seen Hunter Harvey take over the closer role earlier this year, and he's been great all year long. Their ERA is nearly identical. He strikes out a lot more batters. Um, but since he hit the IL, he lost the closer role and hasn't been able to get it since coming back. I think the only thing weird here is that the nationals really don't have a reason to switch up the closer role. Like no. <laughs> I, I feel bad saying this, but it's almost a good thing. If Kyle Finnegan starts blowing games, because then they have a higher chance of Kenny, the number one pick, but, no. uh, I'd, I'd hope hopefully they're not playing for that, but that's definitely a, an a strategy for sure. But can Hunter Harvey factor into saves at all? I mean, yeah, the nationals have been playing a lot better lately. They do seem a mm-hmm. little motivated to, to, to win. It's Why? good to see. I don't know. It's it's the players. <laughs> well, the players are going to be motivated. So, sure. you know, it's up to management what players are playing. So, but yeah, I, I think as long as Finnegan is pitching well, Sure, he's the closer, but I, if I were to, if I had to bet on this, if I, I I would take a chance on Harvey finishing the year, maybe not finishing the year as closer, but getting having at least a stint where we think he's the closer. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we we saw Finnegan, Finnegan's, you know, he had eight, eight run eight earned runs in his first two, three outings, right? So yeah, ooh, it's possible. Say it that happens quickly. again, yeah. I mean, Harvey did pitch pretty well in the closer role before he got injured, so. Mm-hmm. Now they have some sort of confidence and trust in Harvey and in, in, in that role, so I think they wouldn't hesitate to put him back there. And and with Finnegan, it's just it it does feel like a ticking time bomb. I mean, he he, he has one of the worst hard contact rates in baseball. He lets up so much hard contact. Um, doesn't get swings and misses. It's 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 just not my type of closer. I know he's he's yeah. working right right now, but um, yeah, it's the wheels could fall off at any minute. That's right. Well, now we'll move on to the NL Central. And once again, we're going by division standings. We'll start off with the Brewers. I feel like the closer situation is pretty settled here. And even the the top holds options are pretty locked in with Piomps and uh, Elvis Peguero. But Abner Uribe was the exciting call up. And he has absolutely dominant stuff thrown over 100 miles per hour with a nasty See throw a slider? I should have looked that uh, up. Yeah. No, it sounds stupid. <laughs> His sinker <laughs> has been huge on pitching ninja. But I think the main question here is can he factor into holds consideration and become a guy that you want to roster in at least deep holds leagues? Yeah, hundred mile per hour sinker with a fifty seven point a slider with a fifty seven point one percent whiff rate right now. So I That's mean pretty, he, he <laughs> he's 
he still hasn't even figured it. He hasn't really gotten it all together yet. Mm-hmm. His command's still a little over the place, but even without like you know a, a advanced command, he's still the the pure stuff is just too good to uh yeah you know to kind of keep hidden in that bullpen. And I think he does have. I know he picked up at least one hold this past week. I think he's slowly starting he's to get four on the season and a save. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's he's like trickling. <laughs> the holes are trickling in. Not. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not like yeah, Piomps or even Paguero maybe at this point, but he, I think he could overcome. I mean, heading into the head, uh, Paguero, I, I think is a little bit um, risky. I think there, there's definitely, I, I would probably trust Uribe more. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe in September we start seeing, maybe we see those two guys kind of switch and, you know, Piomps is locked in, Devin Williams is locked in. Andrew Chafin's been terrible for them, so he's not really a threat anymore. So yeah, I, I could see Uribe kind of becoming a steady holds option in September. And I, it's still if you're in dynasty leagues or any, you know, any sort of big keeper league, he's definitely a name you want you want to uh, yeah. be monitoring. Definitely the exciting young relief pitcher that uh, will quickly climb up the closer ranks uh, as soon as he gets there. Mm. We'll move on to the Cubs. And we talked about this guy already, but will Adbert Azalai lead MLB in saves in the second half? Like we said, he currently leads Major League Baseball in saves in the second half with 13. Does this continue throughout September? Um, I'm going to say yes. I do. I mean, I'd have to look a little bit more, uh, I guess, at the schedule and everything. But he's been locked in, like, like I said earlier about him. It's, it's not about, you know, the ERA might be in the fours for the month, but he's not blowing saves. He, he's been pitching, you know, he's been keeping games under control and, you know, closing them out, which is the closer's job. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, he might not be the best reliever. He might not be, you know doesn't have the best strikeout numbers, doesn't have the best this or that, but he doesn't allow a lot of free free uh, free bases. He's not a, not a big walk guy and pretty good and he doesn't allow a ton of hard contact. So I, I think there's you know there's safety there with him. I, I think he's done a great job in the role and I'm pretty sure the Cubs schedule isn't that difficult. I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of NL Central games, so I, I think there's a good chance for Alzale to uh, to finish the years or to finish the second half as the with the most saves of any closer. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad right now. They're currently in a matchup with the Pirates. Then they'll go to uh, Milwaukee. No, they're, mm-hmm. they're at home. They'll play the Brewers and then they'll go to Cincinnati and then play at home against the Giants and Diamondbacks. And then they'll go to Colorado and Arizona and then they'll wrap up their final four series against the Pirates, the Rockies again, but this time at home and the Braves and the Brewers. So nobody really too scary. A lot of NL West for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then the Braves sprinkled in there. So maybe that's the the one series where he's not getting mm-hmm. saves, but it, it's not like a daunting schedule. I mean, the, the, NL West outside of the Dodgers is not really uh, teams that I'm scared of. No, th- that's all teams too. I mean, most of those teams outside of like the Rockies you mentioned, but th- those are all teams fighting for playoff spots too. You know, mm-hmm. like so those are going to be big games. Um, I'm sure they're going to ride. You know, they're going to roll with him as long as he's able to, to pitch that day. He's going to be a, if he's available, he's going to be getting the ninth inning. So yeah, I, I I think he could. I think he does lead. He's already got a one save lead, so I, I think he I think he could definitely hold on to that save lead for the second half. 
Cool. Yeah. I, I feel like biggest competition is probably like Kyle Finnegan or Yohan Durant. <laughs> right. yeah, um, yeah. So Durant's yeah. probably got the, the best shot. But uh, yeah, yeah. Alzelay's got a, a pretty solid lead right now. We'll go to Cincinnati and we got a similar question here. Will Alexis Diaz lead Major League Baseball in saves? He currently leads baseball in saves. I think he's at 34. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And yeah, which is interesting given how much he struggled in the second half. Um, but he did get off to a really good start. Uh, the Reds have also fallen off a little bit. But yeah, I currently 34 with the lead behind him is Class A at 33 and Doval at 33. Um, definitely a good shot. But I personally, I don't think he's going to do it. I think the Reds are going to continue to slow down in September. And Diaz hasn't been super dominant. So maybe he blows a couple saves. I don't, I, I don't think he does it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, he's only up one. There's a couple names, but I mean, even, you know, Devin Williams is only four saves behind him. Romano, mm-hmm. three saves. Batista, two saves. So, yeah, there's there's some big uh, Batistas in first save right now. So he's about to be one save behind Diaz if he finishes this thing off. So, yeah, um, I, I think it will be someone else, one of those those heavier hitters, you know, Classe, yeah. Batista, Romano, Williams. Plus, but, pati- that'll- Go ahead. It was like potentially Duvall if he turns, you know, gets things together here. Yeah, that'll definitely be a, a fun race to watch uh, down yeah. down the stretch. I think we might be <laughs> some of the only people watching it, but <laughs> uh, that's fine. Um, we can go to Pittsburgh. Um, we sort of discussed this last week, but will the Pirates shut down David Bednar with nothing to play for in September? Maybe they don't fully shut him down, mm-hmm. but maybe they like take it easy on him, sort of go into a committee out there in Pittsburgh and sort of take away from a lot of his fantasy value and maybe add some to somebody like Colin Holderman there. Uh, is that something that you think is realistic or do you think the Pirates are just going to, you know, let, let him go? Um, it should be realistic. I think it, it makes a ton of sense because, you know, he's been dealing with something kind of all year. Um, mm-hmm. it, he's already at he's already at 10. He's thrown a good amount in August already. Um, and it hasn't been good. So, I, yeah, I do wonder. He does have six saves, but it comes with a 5.23 year A, 1.45 mm-hmm. whip for the, and only seven strikeouts this month. So, then he's eight innings away from his career high. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would make sense to either, yeah, either limit him or just completely shut him down at some point. Maybe they just, mm-hmm. you know, let him go up until like the middle of September, hit some certain innings threshold, and then shut him down. But, yeah, there's no reason the, the the pirates are still, you know, they're still building. They're still a year away. I sure it sounds like they want Bednar to be a part of the future, but even if if they want to trade him this offseason, yeah, it still makes either, sense. Either to, way, you want to keep him healthy. Yeah, so yeah, I I would imagine he doesn't I would I mean he's been at pretty much 10 innings every month. I don't think he reaches 10 innings in September. Yep. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on Colin Holderman as we enter September. And to round out the NL Central, we'll talk about St. Louis. We talked a lot about Jojo Romero, but can Ryan Helsley return and be a factor in the late innings in September? Uh, it doesn't really seem like it, especially given this uh, idea that why would they reactivate him yeah. uh, and put him at risk of getting injured again with nothing to play for? Um, so maybe a better question is, does Jojo Romero take over the closer role in September? I think that's where I think we're heading. I mean, there's, I just, you know, trying to keep up with what's going on. Housley began his rehab assignment three weeks ago. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. So he got shut down. He's a then, reliever. He goes one, he doesn't have to uh, build up. He got shut down and then he came back and then I think he's gotten shut down again or Yeah, he hasn't pitched since the eighteenth as well. Yeah. Actually. He's and he went on he underwent an, another MRI. Like obviously something's not right there. So with nothing to play for this season, it doesn't make any sense for him to come back. Um yeah, I, I think it's going to be Jojo Romero, and he is pretty much free right now in a lot of leagues. He is, like I said, I'm, I'm curious in Yahoo leagues because he was, um, as of like yesterday, like 6% rostered, and I just think that there's, you know, there's a lot, even, again, the way, just the way he's been pitching, even if the saves aren't there. I mean, the Cardinals aren't going to get a ton of saves, but they're also not, you know, they're not the the A's sorry to, to be <laughs> to say that but you know yeah so Romero's up, still, still 6% rostered in Yahoo leagues I think um, yeah Romero is starting to be you know he's a better option than Carlos Hernandez probably Gregory Santos I mean even Gregory Santos at this point I I don't know how much trust is, is left there so yeah I, I really like Romero for this the last the rest of the year yeah, I mean, even Reynaldo Lopez is rostered in 8% of the league, so Jojo Romero, probably yeah. the most widely available guy that could possibly get you a handful of saves at the very least in September. Um, next, we're going to go on to the NL West, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break here on In the Pen. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. 
And we're back. Jake Crumpler here with Rick Graham on In the Pen talking about NL closing storylines. We're going to wrap it up with the NL West and then we'll do a quick mailbag question. So if uh, you're you're interested in something outside of the storyline, stay tuned. But once again, we'll go in division standings order, starting with the Dodgers. Can we count on Evan Phillips to be a top 10 closer the rest of the way? Or will the Dodgers play games like they like to do? Or will they struggle in the second half, taking away safe opportunities from Phillips? Uh, top 10 is, um, uh, may, maybe a bit aggressive he's like 11 on your rankings. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. He's right there. Yeah. So he's in that top tier. I mean, I think he's been one of the most underrated pitchers this year. I, I, I know the saves, he's not on that saves leaderboard at the top of that, but mm-hmm. he's still been all, I mean, all, as far as, you know, someone who kind of came out of nowhere last year, he's really backed it up the season uh, and been great again. So I, I don't know. You know, Blake Trinan comes back. I don't think he's any sort of threat at this point. I would hope he's not. Is he going to come back? I thought he was going to be back months ago. I yeah, I know. I know he's, he's again, he's on a rehab assignment, but I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be a lot. Remains lo- a long shot to pitch in the majors this year. That was on August 23rd. Oh, that that's yesterday. that's updated. Okay, so that rehab assignment obviously didn't go well. Not going well. <laughs> Oof. Um, Interesting. It's always next year. He's oh, that's five interesting. In the man. Last two years. So what? He's he's pitching at AAA, but he's a long shot to return this year. Okay. Um, weird. But yeah, I see he's only thrown one game. Yeah, this he year, only, one he, inning in the rookie ball. He just came back. Um, he came back this past weekend, and it says he's going to move to AAA. Yeah, I don't know if he's not going to pitch. Yeah, I don't <laughs> quite understand. Yeah. Um interesting so yeah i mean the, the then phillips really the competition is you know bruce dark gratterall and brian brazier at this point so yeah I, I think phillips is pretty pretty safe um it's the they're a weird team to get saves from i feel like they're very the dodgers are another one of those teams that either win games by a lot or i don't know lose close games it's it's mm-hmm. not a lot of um the save opportunities haven't been there, but he could have, you know, eight saves in September if things yeah. get close there. So, yeah, I, I I like him. You know, I like him a lot for the rest of the year. I think there's no reason to be concerned for any factors at that point, at, at, at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think they're going to struggle in September and maybe you lose the division. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. We'll move to Arizona uh, where – the Diamondbacks have a new closer and it's Paul Seawald. Is he the same guy that he was in Seattle or was Seattle sort of working their reliever magic and making Seawald an elite guy? And now that he's outside of Seattle, he's uh, maybe not the same guy he has been for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think he, you know, he showed those first, what was it two second, second game with uh, Arizona was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, he hasn't allowed a run. Um, he's been pitching pretty. He's been pretty consistent since then. Um, I think he's fine. I mean, six saves after that blow up. Uh, strikeouts have been fine. A little bit, you know. Walks have he been just have ticked walking, up. Guys, I know walks I have ticked weird. up. Yeah, but that I wonder. That I mean, sure, that could probably be. Uh, you know, you're dealing with a new catcher. You're dealing with a new. You know. 
everything. Yeah, and, so. I, and I think that's that's part of the question is yeah, like yeah. him leaving the familiarity of Seattle, where they sort of figured out how to make him really good. Is he no longer that like? underrated elite guys he now just like a solid reliever that maybe sort of has to relearn how to pitch outside of seattle could be but i I think more likely than not he'll you know his you know the way he pitches is pretty you know he throws that four seamer that that um sneaky four seamer that has that gyro movement uh just Mm -hmm. throws that you know he throws that at the top of the zone and throws the sweeper dance like that blake snoop snell blueprint nick talks about all the time yep so i mean it's not really a difficult thing to to, for him going to another team it should be the same type of same type of you know um pitch mix and how how the game's called should be the same so i think it might just take a minute i i think you know um Working with some of the young catchers there, I think it might just take a minute. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I think he's still he's still one of the best reliever options in baseball, and um, should have a big September as long as the Diamondbacks can. They're starting pitching as long as the starting pitching can keep them in games. I think. Yeah, they'll, they'll be have any starters. It's, yeah, it's you know, Fat's been pitching better, but it's not. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. they need someone else to step up. Yep. Uh, and then we'll go to my team, the Giants. Uh, we talked about Camilo Duvall enough already. So we'll go to Tyler Rogers. Will he lead the majors in holds? He's currently at 26. I don't know if he got any more today, but he is currently in third place behind Eric Swanson, who's got 27, and Yenier Cano, who's got 28. Does he lead MLB? Yeah, so I... I saw this one and this was the first one and I looked at it. And I was like, no, this is, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so Tyler Rogers has, I mean, I, the San Francisco situation, I know you've followed them pretty closely. It, it's uh, Rogers. Tyler only has three holes. I believe it is this month. Um, Taylor has four and Luke Jackson has four. So those two guys have more holes than him this month. And it's, I think, I think Tyler had a chance and blew it. So he, they've, they've all had like four chances. I, it's been limited, but um, they've really started to slow down for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I do see someone else taking over, being the the, the leader in holds this year. Um, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think think of who it could be, who makes the most sense here. I'm probably gonna go with, um, you know, I said Swanson last week. I believe I think I'll stick with Swanson. Uh, but Cano, Cano has been pitching well this month. We, we, we asked, you know, the question about is he is he watched, is he watched? and I he's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence. So Ooh. yeah, I I don't now it could be Cano, but I still like Swanson or Cano over over Rogers and you know I think even Hector Neris or Tanner Scott could jump him as well. Sure. Well, I'm going with my guy. I'm sticking with Tyler Rogers. I think he's going to pull through. Um, the holds can really rack up quickly. And I think this guy's got the ability to have the biggest workload in baseball because that's of, true. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't throw hard at all. Um, like 83 miles per hour on average. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think the giants will be slowing Someday. down on him in September, but that will also be an interesting race to watch that only the two of us will watch. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> the second to last team, we've got the Padres. And I think the interesting thing to watch here is will Josh Hader finish the year with the lowest ERA in baseball? Of course, there's an innings minimum there, but he is currently the only guy, I think, with 
30 innings that has an ERA below one. He has not been pitching a lot. I yeah. think the Padres have the fewest saves in the second half, at least in August. Uh, he's got a 0.81 ERA on the year, and he's looking really good uh, prior to free agency. Yeah, I, I was looking. I, I don't really think there's – I mean, there's really not much of a competition there. I I know Tim Mays is like right behind – not right behind him, but he's the next man up at like 1.03 um, for his ERA. And the one thing with Hader is, and we've seen it in the past, he does have some nasty blowups where he allows a lot of runs at a short amount of time, uh, he, he, which he hasn't done this year. This has been the first year where he went, he made it through. I don't want to jinx it yet, but he's made it through July and most of August, at least without, you know, yeah. melting down like he has in the past. So, um, yeah, I think he, I think he does. I think that's a safe bet. Um, if it would be nice to see him get some more saves, maybe the Padres can, can I know their season's kind of over at this point, but still, mm-hmm. you know, play for something, play for, you know, at least Hader has a contract coming up, so give him some more save sure. chances. Um, but yeah, I, I think he does finish the year with the lowest ERA and quick, quickly just back to Seawall. Cause I was curious, uh, going from, uh, Cal Raleigh to Gabriel Moreno, there is a little bit of a, mm-hmm. or there's a pretty significant framing difference. I, I think Raleigh's a good in the pitch positive framer. or negative direction. Ra- Raleigh's negative. A, a good pitch framer, and Moreno is more on the negative side. So yeah, I think that could be a factor. So things like that, you know, come into come into play for mm-hmm. switching teams. But yeah, back to Hater. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, we'll wrap things up now with everyone's favorite team, the Rockies. Justin Lawrence is the closer there. He has survived course thus far. Will he be rosterable in September? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I, I, it's up to you. I mean, it's, if you're, if you're in a, a roto league where you, there's saves, you need saves that there's going to make or break your season. Um, desperation saves then sure take a chance here i mean no one else kinley just went back on the il um daniel bard's been awful it, it, there's no other options here and, and as bad as lawrence has been this this month i mean he's been really bad this month um 10 runs in 6.1 innings um i i guess he's still rosterable for those who are really desperate but if you're if you're in a head-to-head you're in a head-to-head league or a points league. No, that's not worth it. It's so few saves. I think he became yeah. the closer in the beginning of June. And since then, he has 10 saves. And if you recall, Kyle Finnegan and Albert Azalei, Azalei have eight in August alone. We're not even done with the month. This guy's got 10 in three months. And that comes with a 4.75 ERA. And I, I think he's a great pitcher. I think it's just course that holds guys like this back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like... It's like deep leagues where you're desperate for saves is like the only thing. I, I don't think he's worth it in shallower leagues, but that'll wrap up the NL closing storylines. Once again, you can go check out the last episode of In the Pen if you'd like to hear the AL version of this episode. But before we wrap things up, we've got a mailbag question from Diener Williams in the Discord. Join PL Pro if you'd like access to the Discord where you can ask us mailbag questions or always feel free, reach out to us on Twitter at I am Rick Graham and at Jake Crumpler and at Callan underscore Elslogger to ask us any questions. Um, 
But here's what Dina Williams has to say. He says he's got Carlos Estevez and Carlos Hernandez. The two Carloses are his two closers. And he's got Ryan Helsley on his bench. He's currently fifth in saves, but he's six saves away from fourth place and seven saves up on seventh place in a 12 team league. At what point is it okay for him to focus on attacking wins and just give up on the rare save he gets from Estevez and Hernandez? Um, Guys like Alex Lang and Jason Foley are on the waiver wire, as well as most setup guys behind true closers. Um, so I think a more general question here that's less specific mm-hmm. to Diener Williams question is at what point in the year is there so little time left that it leaves people behind you uh, not enough time to come back in the saves category? Like, is it when there's a week left and maybe like the most saves you can get are like three or four from a couple guys? Um, or is it like two or three weeks out on a, on a team that doesn't really have great closers? They're not going to get too many saves. Like how much do you have to be up? Yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a good question. And it looks like he's close. He's closer to the man in front of the, or the, the player, the other person in, in front of the, in front of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, um, person chasing him so i i wonder if it makes sense to almost to, to go for i mean so he says like jason Fo- foley is available if, if foley is available i'm i'm i might i might add him i'm sure mm-hmm. jojo romero carlos hernandez i think is fine to to roster at this point we, we've talked about Ronaldo lopez so there's there's probably some options we're at the point where things start to get weird for these bad teams when it comes to saves and mm-hmm. you can kind of you know, you should be able to add, you know, some guys who can get you maybe 10 saves the rest of the way combined. So that, that could be, you know, depending on who else is in front of, in front of them, it's, it, that could be a big, um, you know, the, the, that could be a big, you know, points boost in a Roto League. I, I think mm-hmm. it com- with wins, it's, if you're talking about streaming wins, sure. That's like, really difficult. Yeah, especially at this point in the year, it's it's there's a lot of weird weird names, a lot of mm-hmm. random starters, and you really have to pick and choose your spots and get lucky. So, um, I think you still kind of play it out for if it's that close, you know, four saves, seven saves. I think it's that if it's that close, I think you you kind of wait it out for another week or two, get yeah. into the second week of September and see where things look, and then. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, then just you, like wait a couple weeks, and if yeah. you're still in that same situation, then yeah, I think just give up at that point. Nobody's catching you. Yeah, exactly. If you're up seven sa- seven saves with um, you know, three weeks, four weeks left, then you, you, I think as long as you have you know maybe one guy or just, I don't know, some, you might not even need one guy. You can just probably be safe because, like I said, like saves get weird in September with these mm-hmm. you know teams mixing and matching, and you know the teams that are out of it start shutting down guys. So yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, like you, yeah, I think second week of September seems like a good, a good time. Yeah. And he mentioned Alex Lang and Jason Foley. And I know this was the last thing, but I, that we didn't talk about it at all. And I feel like that's sort of been interesting the past week. Jason yeah. Foley got back to back saves and it looked like he was the closer. And then immediately after Alex Lang got the next two saves, one mm-hmm. of them made sense because it was after Foley had pitched on back-to-back days. But then a couple nights ago, he got the save with Jason Foley. I think he set up. Um, he did. <laughs> is is Lang taken back over the role? Is Foley like a high leverage guy? Like, I what's going on here? This is like very similar to I'm, when the last time we talked about this. This is kind of how I felt it was going to go. I, I 
they never really fully gave up on Lang. It's mm-hmm. and with his upside, it's you know you, you'd want to you want to see how things work out. And then yeah, he picked up the save on Sunday, and maybe that gave um, gave gave um, AJ Hinch uh, the confidence to uh, to go back to him because yeah, it it did look Foley was pitching well. He got two saves, and you know he, I've heard him Hinch talk talk up fully a lot i he was on mm-hmm. mlb network talking him up the other day so yeah i still think we're gonna see a committee i i wouldn't be surprised if fully gets the next save and then it's like back and forth from there it's well that's annoying unfortunate because yeah the tigers you don't really want to have you, you to have to be playing with a committee there but um if if lang gets the next one then that's really interesting and i i wonder if that you know maybe maybe lang does just get september to to close and you know, see where he's at. And I don't know either one of them though. They're both good relievers for different reasons. So, Mm -hmm. um, both rosterable and in most leagues, depending on, you know, roster size. Well, I think we'll be uh, watching that bullpen across the next week, as well as why did it just slip my mind? (laughs) The Cardinals bullpen. That's what it was. Uh, seeing if Jojo Romero takes over there, but That'll wrap up this episode of In the Pen. Rick, why don't you plug what you've got going on and and let everybody know where to find you? Yeah, you can find me at I am Rick Graham on Twitter. Um, got you know we're getting down to the the last month of the year, so pretty much right now. So just trying to like like I said, just figure out what the bullpen situations look like for the rest of the season and keep uh keep everyone informed. Hopefully, and ahead of the game. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler, uh, do a podcast called free baseball. We're recording this weekend. We go live on at athletes hub on Twitter. Um, you can find all of my work at crumplerbaseball.com. We'll be back with you next week, but that'll do it for this episode of in the pen. Thank you. Thank you.